and gentlemen, and welcome to another Digital Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Hello, good sir, and hopefully we both make it for the next hour and 15 minutes. Yes, Atlanta is uh, experiencing uh, severe thunderstorms, so if this does not actually get made into a, uh, a recording, that's why. Hopefully there's no explosions, firing infernos, disconnection of limbs, or anything of the above. Yes, yes, that would be bad. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, I am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific Connor himself, Zelius. This is... Go. This is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a live show. We try our best to cover the topics most important to you. If at any point during the show you have uh, any questions or subjects or topics or opinions that you want to share with the class, please drop it in the chat of your choice, be it uh, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, and we will try to add it to the show. If we do unfortunately run out of time, we will add it to the very next show. So without further ado, let's jump into it. And... The first thing we got to talk about, actually, the first thing to discuss is something that only Zelius can discuss because I haven't even attempted nor tried this, and that is season one for Diablo 4 has been released, and apparently the queue wait time is atrocious. It started today, so I haven't actually had a chance to sign in. Um, But yeah, I did open my battle net to get like the update, and I saw notice across the top of like, Sorry for the queue times. And all I'm thinking in my head is like, there's no way that there's more concurrent players now to start season one than on launch day, like a month ago, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And what, so like what happened in the last month or whatever it is, like did the really blizzard like, oh, you know, not as many people are playing. So we're just gonna like get Still down. Yeah, we're going to scale down because we don't need them now. So, like, what actually happened? Um, it's kind of amazing to me, actually, that they lost their scale. It's like, how? It, it, I know I talked about this at large, but it's just kind of fun to me where they like, biggest of the AAA developers, this always seems to happen. Yeah. I... Or it's like, oh, no, we have people playing their game. We don't scale. Yeah, that, that's the thing that kind of throws me for a loop is the fact that they the game's out and they haven't had this issue and then magically all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, by the way, we we, we now somehow screwed ourselves over. I, mean, I guess like everyone apparently came back for season one, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully this weekend I will get to actually jump into season one and see what all the fur is about. But of course, but of course. And I'm trying to see if they, they give an exact number of how long people are waiting, but all I'm seeing is unusual, unusually long queue times. I would guess people on Twitter probably have um, screenshots That's true. of what is their queue time. Hmm. Don't know. But of course Twitter is dumb now and I must be logged in to see anything on Twitter, so I give up. Thank you, Elon Musk. Also, yes. I've heard that there's been uh quite a few people who have um also run into issues of creating 
<laughs> a new seasonal character for season one. You mean the whole reason that you would probably sign on today yep. to start your season one character? Yep. And people can't create that new seasonal character. I mean, unfortunately, if the queue times are crazy, that's kind of what happened when it launched. As there was the errors you would get when trying to create a new character. Um, so I guess that in a weird way would not be altogether unsurprising. It just seems like they're they falling they're falling backwards. It's odd. Oh no, for sure. It's absolutely stupid. I agree with that. Um, but welcome to the new age of always online games. Also, speaking of Blizzard, the merger date with uh, Activision Blizzard and Microsoft has been pushed back into October. And um, added to that is that if either company decides to terminate it before the October date, the penalty for termination is skyrocketed as well. Somehow, I don't think that's going to happen. No. No, I, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, this, they're all kind of balls deep into this. Yes. Um, all, uh, continuing with this Blizzard train, how about the fact that Blizzard is going to start allowing their games on Steam coming soon? I saw that. I'm kind of fascinated because, like, they put all of their work, I mean, a lot of work, into Battle.net. Mm-hmm. Like, of all of the developers, that's actually one that kind of surprises me because, like, like they're their first-person titles, and they're ones that people, like, actually play. Yeah. Uh, so that one, I'm surprised. Um, like, when Guild Wars 2, like, I guess, like, six months ago-ish, went to Steam, like, that didn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of games like that, or like when Final Fantasy XIV went to Steam, where it's like those big titles that you want people to just casually see that might not have known about it otherwise. But I feel like, and those games are also, no, actually, sorry, XIV's not free to play, but Guild Wars 2 is free to play. Right. Makes sense. But like, every if you're a gamer, you know about Blizzard games. Like, it's not like it's a shock, like, oh, yeah. Diablo 4 is out. Hot damn! It's now on, you know, Steam. I will see this now. Yeah. So I'm surprised. And actually, the the one reason I'd be happy is whenever I restart my computer, Battle.net freaks out. I have to, like, exit out and restart it. Uh, Or once again, guess what the one game launcher I have that never bugs out on me? Steam? Steam. It's amazing. Where every other game launcher like has spastic issues from time to time, except for Steam. However, so there are there are those weeks where I swear to God, I feel like there's a new version of Steam like seven times. And so, would you like to restart Steam and so you get the latest and greatest? I'm just like, didn't we just do this? Okay, you are right. That has happened. And then I'm like thinking in the back of my mind, like. Are these actual new versions or is Steam just crapping itself when it's trying to update? It doesn't actually update and we're just creating like a perpetual gaming for loop and it just doesn't know what to do. They've tricked us. They've they've um, taught us so well that we're, we don't think that it's a crash. We just go, oh, 
cool. New gotcha. new features. My biggest question though will be is is your library in all of its glory actually transferable to Steam? Because the issue is a lot of games like take Final Fantasy 14 is a good example. Mm -hmm. Your licensing for 14, if you bought it through the uh they call it the mod station, mm -hmm. the mod station to be able to play it through the native file fantasy 14 launcher is not transferable to steam so if you want to like launch file fantasy 14 through steam you have to rebuy all of the expansions um, guild wars 2 i know stuff i know like there's things that aren't transferable same thing mm -hmm. um, a lot of it comes down to the steam wall because steam gets their cut right which i get so that'd be my biggest question is I mean, so many players have, like, again, Final Fantasy XIV when really it came with a new expansion, perfect time, put it on Steam, you got all these new players because of Endwalker, which caused them to actually, like, pause purchasing. Mm -hmm. Guild War II, whole new crop of players because there was a annoying player base. But, like, what's going to happen to those of us who already have content on Battle.net, which is a lot of us? Yep because of how that works with the um, Steam wallet and the 30% off the top. That's what will make it interesting to me. I wonder, well, I wonder if, if they're going to, that Blizzard will push for the, um, the free to play to be on Steam. And, and not, so and, like Overwatch, cause you're right. Overwatch two would have been a perfect candidate. Yeah. To lot like have a day one launch on to Steam, yeah. like that would make perfect sense. And my guess is the Steam, but like to your point, Overwatch two numbers are having some fluctuations. Uh, They're in the in toilet. The <laughs> yes, it's swirling quickly, yeah. and this is seen as a way to get some numbers back into the Overwatch two game. Yeah, but. I mean, you got Overwatch 2, which is free to play, and then you got Diablo 4, which is $60. Right. Or, yeah, whatever it is. So that's... Yeah, because I imagine a lot of us who bought... If you're going to pay the full price for Diablo, mm -hmm. my guess is the majority of us have already purchased the game. Mm -hmm. They're not going to now purchase for full price just on Steam, until there's a sale, which eventually there will be a sale for it. Right. So are we going to wait? I don't know. Um, it is an interesting choice yes. to bring the game to Steam. Um, now, most of those games launch through the other, through the native game launcher anyways, which mm -hmm. makes it interesting. So who knows? I guess we'll find out. But yeah. let, let's get, let's just keep going on this Blizzard train here. Uh, there is another bit of news, and that is that uh, Blizzard has uh, just laid off 50 employees all in their esports division um, as the future of the Overwatch League apparently is becoming more and more of a question mark uh, to the point where all the current owners of the Overwatch League teams are being pulled together and uh, the top um, question on the docket is if they want to do away with city-based franchises. Mm. 
So instead Which, of having uh, the Atlanta uh, rain or the Toronto whatevers. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously what was supposed to differentiate and make Overwatch League interesting yep. to have kind of that home crowd, you know, cheering for your team. Um, and I don't think that the city-based squad was the issue so much as it is just the waning popularity of Overwatch. Well, I, I think, okay, yeah, yes. Uh, I think that there's, there's, there's always been two issues. Um, one is, you know, the, the staleness of Overwatch. Uh, became very, 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 very apparent. The other thing is, you have city-based franchises that do not have home games. Well, okay, yeah. so it would be like, um, you know, like starting up uh, a new football team for St. Mary's School for the Blind. Okay. And everyone who goes to St. Mary's School for the Blind is expecting to see their team. Well, actually, shit. That's a very bad joke. Because <laughs> that is terrible, Charlie. Um, let's just say, uh, we'll, we'll just go with University of Georgia, okay? It'd be like expecting to, to go to Sanford Stadium to see the Bulldogs play football on Saturday, on Saturdays, um, when in actuality, their entire schedule is only play. They play home and away games in only one location, and it is um, in Dallas. So you're saying we're now the Dallas Bulldogs? Yeah, no, no. You you get the right to be called the Georgia Bulldogs, but they they only play in Dallas. That's because that's basically yeah. what Overwatch League is: is you've got a bunch of city franchises that don't play in those cities. They play was I think it's in Vegas, or was it? No, no, no. Somewhere in California. I mean, I think all of it is. Esports is still a niche, a very niche yeah. audience. I, I mean, I know there was the big aspirations. It was going to be like, this could be at ESPN and all this stuff. But it's just, it, it, I don't see esports ever taking off in the way that they hoped it was. Um, I think it comes down to, at least in my opinion, is, you know, games like football and NBA and baseball, like, you know, major league player sports, like mm -hmm. we have little aspirations of becoming professional athletes. And even from a sports perspective, like a lot of us, once we get, you know, older, don't play sports at all. Um, I know someone's played basketball. And I probably believe basketball is really one of the only ones because, you know, maybe got the occasional softball team, but no, us are playing football usually. Nah. Um, whereas, you know, anybody can hop in and play a game of Overwatch. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people become really good at these video games. And I would argue that, you know, watching an NFL game is going to be much more entertaining than watching an esports game. Um, in general, that's just kind of feel like it's just not as interesting to watch esports. Well, I think, I think and I, we've talked about this like uh, off and on forever since esports started showing up on TV screens. Um, and that is, it. it's not only the game, but in the way, it. in order to make it successful, in my opinion, it's not just the game, because the game could be exciting and fun, but it's in the presentation, okay? Like, if, if you watched a football game where 
you get, I don't know, like, um, like crossfades of kind of like highlights of plays, but you don't get to see the flow. And then maybe you've got someone who's talking like super duper technical shit. You're going to lose some of the audience. Um, but I just don't know. The thing is with a video game, it's built for, it's built first to play. Whereas, you know, with sports, you're, you're putting a lot of extra oomph into the spectator portion. What makes it interesting? That's why baseball now has a pitch clock. <clears throat> I think a lot of it is also the personal connection in that when you watch, like, so Netflix has the quarterback show, right? Yeah. Um, which I've been watching on my lunch break. And that's, to me, a big part of sports is – I know we cheer, on there are a lot of us cheer kind of for our home-based teams, but a lot of us then cheer for specific players yeah. of those franchises. Um, I mean, when you go to Atlanta Falcons games next season, you're going to see a lot of Bijan Robinson jerseys. Yep. I'm sure they're going to be the number one seller. Um, so you get those personal connections because, you know, he's the guy actually running the ball. Yep. Whereas, you know, if you're watching Overwatch, it might be Faze doing his thing but he's not the actual character. I mean, I know he's controlling him, right. but he's not actually the one in the, he's not the pixel itself. So I think there's definitely that personal connection of the face. And you know, as they call it, you know, the face of football, like right now, Patrick Mahomes, yep. you can actually look at him and see his hair and his head and shoulder commercials. And he's this dude, whereas you just don't get that. And you probably look at the most popular esports people and they're Twitch streamers. Yep. Because, you know, you're watching it side by side and you see like, you know, right now it's probably Asmongold, Asmongold in whatever he's doing. And you, you know, notice those guys when they're streaming their faces on their stream the entire time. Yep. Because you have that personal connection to that one person. And yes, it might be a six versus six player game now, but it's still you have that connection to that one player while you're watching that stream. Um, so I think that's the other like, part of, you know, we're living kind of vicariously through these other, you know, whether it be pro sports or esports, whatever it is, that's why we do it. I mean, that's in TV. That's why I usually have that character. I know there's a term for it. I can't think of now, but there's usually like that character who's meant to be like our connection to the show. Mm-hmm. Like they're the most normal one. That's right. why we watch shows. That's why we watch sports is we can relate to these people. And I think it's just really hard for us to constantly relate to electronic characters. Uh, yeah, I, I can agree with that. <clears throat> um, and I think to your spectacle part, it's also, and I think there's actually a problem with football too, is what are you concentrating on to display to the audience? Right. Like if you got like, I mean, I always thought this was an issue in MOBAs where, you know, it's, you got the five on five, but you can have three different lane fights going on at once. Mm-hmm. Which one do you kind of concentrate on? Right. Um, obviously, like NFL drives me nuts because they've obviously decided to concentrate just on the quarterback. But sometimes I would love to know like what's going on just with the wide receivers. Like where are they going? Um, yeah, I mean sometimes it would be kind of cool to know. Yeah. But it, they just show the quarterback um, versus. Esports, you kind of like, what are you going to concentrate on? And 
what angle do you show the fight from? Right. I mean, there's, there's so many different ways. Um, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what the future of the Overwatch League uh, is. I, I know that there's been so much money sunk into it that uh, that I don't think it's going to go away. But still, it's, there's there's got to be changes. Yeah, and I mean, if, uh, there will always be the competitive Overwatch scene. Like, that's not going away. I just don't think... I mean, I don't think. It is pretty obvious that it's not going to be in the incarnation that they'd originally hoped for. True. But maybe they maybe they find the the secret formula and I'm going to be blatantly obvious or uh, uh, not blatantly well blatantly uh, and be very blunt about this it is not just the franchises that need fixing it's the game no you're absolutely right and i think you know kind of contradicting myself here a little bit but like if blizzard did not screw up the popularity of overwatch in the way that they have yeah it's very conceivable that you know i don't think it would ever be as popular as they hoped it would overwatch league but it's very conceivable that the overwatch league would have been able to at least succeed in the capacity that they wanted to but between the you know lack of content for basically three years um and now players being very vocally unhappy with the direction of overwatch 2 mm -hmm. that's killed a lot of what could have been the potential popularity for the overwatch league because i definitely think your i mean overwatch 2 is still making money hand over fist for blizzard because like 99 99 i mean all we see on reddit are like the angry gamers yeah um i know we talked this last like a little bit but you overall majority are still playing overwatch too mm -hmm. but the problem is the people who are watching professional esports guess what they're that focal five to ten percent of your players yep. so it's kind of like when you screw off the most when you piss off the most vocal player or players or audience you've also kind of also screwed up your esports audience at the same time We were speaking about uh, professional sports, and I, I, I had the perfect analogy now for how I feel Blizzard handled uh, the Overwatch, Overwatch One and its professional league. It would be as it would be basically this: imagine a football game where they put, you know, you, they they give the 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 kicker the football to do the the kickoff, and then that's the football they play with for the next two years there is no other balls you have to play with that one that's what it felt like <clears throat> if it fell apart well put some duct tape on it gorilla glue it uh now we're playing it. real now we're playing real man football how'd you know <laughs> oh i'm sorry you oh, cracked your helmet we'll just put some cement paste on it boom But anyways, okay, um, let's move away from <laughs> Blizzard for a second. Uh, actually, let's make sure here. I don't think I have any more Blizzard topics, so I think we've we've killed it. Um, oh, thank God. Now, 
I did see something recently, and it excited me greatly, so I'm going to bring it up, and that is the fact that the mastermind behind Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo is uh, teaming up with the director of John Wick to create a new anime series, and it oh. is called... I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, is called Lazarus. Uh, it is... Uh, let's see. Lazarus is set in 2052 after the world has been given a wonder drug that cures sickness forever. However, three years later, the inventor of the drug announces that it was secretly a slow-acting poison that will kill anyone that took it. A special five-person task force called Lazarus is then put together to find the doctor and stop his plan in time to save the world. It sounds like somebody with the COVID conspiracy theory would have created. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's almost like a take on Resident Evil. Yeah. No, I and it, I'm not the T virus. It wiped out mankind. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch it when it comes out. Whenever it comes out, um, there is a rumor that there might be. Um, uh, in two days when Adult Swim has their kind of like summer anime fest uh, party that they might have some more details, but that's just a rumor. Has up and confirmed. So. So it's interesting to see how the um, John Wick makes the transition from, you know, live action TV or live action movies to anime. Well, you're talking, if, if you're looking at Cowboy Bebop and Sarah Champloo, those are two very action-oriented anime to begin with. Uh, so add in some of the John Wick direction, and and it could be some sick stuff. That's true. I'm excited, man. I'm I I, I really 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 want to know about that. Speaking of things we really 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 want to know, ladies and gentlemen. Liongate Studios has finally revealed the release date for Borderlands the movie. Yay. Ladies and gentlemen, Borderlands the movie is finally going to be released on August 9th, 2024. Oh, wow. So the, we got a ways is what you're saying. The reason for the delay is that uh, there has been many a reshoot uh, needed in the uh, making of this movie. However, from my understanding, uh, the people on set have said that the individuals who were picked to play the characters, uh, specifically Cape uh, Blanchett, who's playing Lilith, and um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who's playing... Uh, of course, I forgot what she what her character's name is. The doctor. Yeah, the doctor. Those two and apparently are like basically perfect in those roles, but I haven't heard anything else about any other hmm. things. So I mean, the two of them are basically perfect in most, most of what anything, they do. Yeah. I mean, they're both amazing yeah. actresses. So I'm not surprised by that. It was always uh, the black dude I think we were worried about. Kevin Hart is Roland. Yes, thank you. That's why Kevin Hart's like five four. Roland's supposed to be a big guy. 
And he's also not like a jokey haha, like he's rolling the motherfucker. Yeah. Like I mean one thing if it was like Roland was the comic relief of the show, like Claptrap, but that's not who he is. No. No. <laughs> so that it's because you can make like it would have been like Terry Crews would have made perfect sense. Yes. Um yeah, so Sometimes you grab for the big name and it doesn't make no sense. Three movies I did finally see this week. I saw uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I still have not seen it. I'll put it this way. It was much better than I thought it would be. So much better than the first Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yes. However, I'm assuming they're going to try making a sequel. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'd be highly skeptical of a sequel working because like this one was just the perfect balance of like campiness and like interaction with the characters, Mm -hmm. like everything had to go just exactly right Mm -hmm. for it to be a good movie. Um, Where I'd say something like John Wick, I wouldn't say it's easier, but it's kind of a little more straightforward. I mean, a badass action, Keanu Reeves doing his thing. Yeah. You'd kind of know what you get in. Um, Mission Impossible, pretty similar. Like, you know, you know Tom Cruise is going to do his crazy thing. You know Seven Pegg's going to be there for comic relief. Bing Rims is going to be like, Ethan, are you sure this is a good idea? You, yeah. you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah. Versus, like, the Johnson & Dragons, it balanced everything just right. They throw off, like, any one of those little things, and it's just going to not be very good, mm-hmm. is my worry. Mm-hmm. So that's my worry. They tried making a sequel. It's just... I think it'll be extremely hard to recapture what worked in the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which was everything, honestly. Right. I just don't know how they're going to do that again because it's really hard to do those type of things. Because uh, normally they start leaning into one thing like, oh, people love the humor, so we're going to add more campy potty humor. And then it becomes a character of, a show, of itself. Right. That's my worry when they do a sequel. Um, but still, I definitely recommend watching it. Sweet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause real quick to do uh, what we love to do every single show, and that is to give a shout-out to all those amazing individuals that help Alter Confusion be the Alter Confusion you love and deserve. And I swear to God, at some point, I'm going to remember to fix this fucking background <laughs> so you don't see half of my face and Celius's face while we do Friends of the Show. But uh, until the day that I actually remember to do that, let's start off with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They lo- highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. The next shout-out we got to give is to the one and only Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wet Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want to if you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out Facebook.com slash Noodle Boy Media. 
Let's talk about the individual who can help get all those aches and pains after those long gaming sessions. Ladies and gentlemen, Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. Now let's talk about the music maestro himself. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion? Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. And the final shout out we got to give is to the OG, the original gangster, the first backer and supporter of Alter Confusion in so many ways, and that, of course, is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both a development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings at many times during, he is the Agile Evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in game development and leading agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. Now I know, ladies and gentlemen, that you are just dying to know how do you become a friend of the show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to report, if I could get my computer to uh, behave... I am happy to report that Alter Confusion survives and loves the support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, aliens, mummies, vampires, werewolves, swamp creatures, undiscovered civilizations, supporters, and more to become active participants in work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have two different tiers. The $1 a month tier, that's $1 a month or $12 a year tier. And what that gets you is early access to all of our playthroughs, as well as the ability to participate in patron-only posts and polls to help shape the future of all the confusion now if you're feeling a little bit frisky there's also a five dollar a month that's five dollars a month or sixty dollars a year and not only do you get everything at the one dollar level but you also get your name or organization added to the thank you section of every single thursday night um Hang out. So, if you want to become a patron of Alter Confusion, what you need to do is go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Altered Confusion, and be a patron today. Now, of course, the other shout-out that's the most important to us is, ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion is excited, nay, proud, to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 12 years straight. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, game, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. 
as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump back into the topics. All right, so... There are two, actually, you know, let's, let's do this and then we'll do the two, uh, community questions here. Cause I've got two questions that were asked by community members. Um, but let's do this one first. And, uh, there's been additional information about Starfield that has come out recently. And Ooh. the fact is that apparently the NDA that everyone had to sign, if you're working on Starfield is effing insane. And, um, there's only one person who could actually give you any real information about Starfield that isn't <laughs> that hasn't been uh, officially released by the company. Um, the The art director has been asked several questions, several questions, several bajillion questions about you know the look, the feel, all that stuff, and he took to Twitter recently and said you know, i would i really do want to tell you guys about this amazing game but unfortunately the nda that i signed along with the rest of the individuals at this company prohibits us from telling you anything if there's a question out there that uh the company wants to answer then it will come from one specific person otherwise there's no information that you're going to be able to get out of us that's well, intense. I mean, you know, it, it makes it easy. Like, I guess that way you don't have to skirt the line of like, what am I allowed to say and not say? You're just like, can't talk about it. Problem solved. Yeah. There's only one person who could talk about it. Yeah, I'm... Find that person, get them drunk, and then have them just explain everything to you. I'm interested, but at the same time, kind of like... If it's as large as they say it is, like it's gonna be a job. Yeah, just to play that. Yeah. Um. So I'm a little, same thing with the Star Wars game. I whatever it's called. Like it's supposed to be absolutely ginormous. Yeah. So it's like the huge open and the problem that you always have, like with these huge open world games, is it's content actually interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it just going to be like a but like big open worlds with like random go kill 10 bug quest and that's all there is to it. So how do you take huge open worlds and make them interesting? Um, it's kind of the quantity over quality. I'd much rather have a smaller concentrated world with, you know, small good content mm -hmm. and lots of big useless waste of content. Um, I mean, I'm still, it's definitely a, a game I definitely have my eye on. Yes. Uh, same here. I think a lot of gamers also have their eye on it, are very intrigued by the proposition of the game. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. And will we get to hear anything about it before launch? Will this, myst will this mysterious, mythical one person grace us with the knowledge to be able to talk about the game? True, true. You know, I to be honest with you, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I'd rather, I mean, I yes, in a perfect world, I would love to have a huge world to, uh, to run around in and explore. But if it's 
literally, my fear is that with the size of the, the rumored size of the planets and the variety of them, that you're going to find there are going to be planets that almost every single gamer is going to go visit. And there's going to be other ones that no one gives a shit about because why would we go there? No, uh, it's a good point because that's you see that case in most MMOs. Yeah, because it's probably the most analogous thing where you know maybe your first time through, you kind of forced or you have to visit all the lands, whatever it is. Yeah, but it's so normal where after a certain incubation period, those lands are now empty. So it's kind of what is the drawing power of all these crazy worlds? Yeah, if there's nobody there. Or if they're like useless, because also inevitably it happens, and this was the blessing and curse of social media. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, people are gonna find the it's gonna be known as the only good world to visit because every other world gives two percent less EXP. Yeah. So you're a noob and a loser if you go to any of these other worlds with this one perfect meta world. That's always what happens too. Um so maybe that's actually a game I just ignored social media for to play it because it just pissed me off. Yeah, I, I've I've found that if if I really am interested in a game, I do not follow uh, people in, for social media for that. Like uh, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I, I mean, yes, now I I see things pop up here and there and and whatnot, but, um, uh, but before I got the game and during like the early stages of me playing the game, I refused to look at anything related. Although I did, oh, I am heartbroken over the my last playthrough. I haven't beaten the game, but a, a huge twist was revealed to me and now I'm sad. Did you kill Zelda's horse? No, no, no. I'm still riding Zelda. Okay, good. Just making sure because I would be very sad if you stopped writing. No. Okay. No. Anyway. So I care about. But um. But yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see what this game's about. Uh, I just don't know. You know, it, it it's gonna have to be magical because, like I said, what what's what's the point of going to this world over that world? Even like, did they spend so much time on making masterful, procedurally generated worlds? Where they forgot about like combat, um, and like how much of a storyline are you going to have with these worlds? Like, True. is there going to be a storyline, right, right, with these magical worlds, or is it going to be like Zelius likes, where it's ah, you just go kill things instantly, and there's nothing else you care about. You're just an exotic alien uh, creature hunter. Ooh, so basically, uh, monster hunter. Yeah, perfect. But on different planets. Ooh. That would actually be kind of cool. It would be cool. You're like, look what I killed on this planet. Hopefully it's better than the movie. I still refuse to watch the movie, so. Oh, it was absolute trash. I've heard. It was. I've heard. It was. You know the worst part about it is? They had to rope some army piece into the movie. Oh, no, I could live with that. Um. Like the entire premise of the entire damn show, or not sorry, show, of the video game is fighting fucking monsters with really cool weapons. Yeah. 
it happens like a little bit in the actual show. It's always like kind of teased. Uh-huh. And then the scene where it's like all four of them have their really cool glowing weapons and they're all going to go attack the big lizard. Cut the credits. It's like, fuck y'all. No, this is like, that's literally what happened. Like you get to the scene where it's going to be the badass fight and it's over. I'm like, I've I've played some games where you you've got that build up and finally like you know the the big twist is revealed you're like oh yeah now let's get into it it's like credits you're like what the f-? the big reveal is how you end the game like I I I now feel like I'm I'm a part of this world that the the <laughs> mystery of exactly where I came from has been solved and now I could truly get into the world that's been being corrupted during the entire game. No, 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 that's not how it works. <laughs> Mother F. Damn you. Okay. Speaking of video games, because, you know, we rarely talk oh, about video games. Talk about video games? What yeah. madness is this, sir? All right. So a question was asked and it, and I, everyone's got their own opinion. So let's ask Zelius, what needs to be in a special edition of a game for you to shell out the extra cash? That's a tricky question because on one hand, what would make the special edition worth it would be like extra cool gear for my character. Mm-hmm. Like give me a leg up. But on the other hand, now it kind of also pissed me off because like, wait, you want me to shell out like an extra 10 to 20 bucks just to get this extra cool gear you can't get otherwise? That's some bull honky. I, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I guess like maybe some, uh, like eye candy stuff, but, but I mean, I'm not really in it for like the, the soundtrack, unless of course it's a, a super giant game. Uh, and, and then I'm definitely in for the fucking soundtrack. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, some some of these games like, oh, if you pay the extra $10, you'll get a bigger backpack so you can carry more gear. But that's not, you know, that's once again. You know the other problem with those incentives, though, yeah, is a lot of times I don't know I need that bigger backpack until I played, like, hours of the game. True. You know what I mean? It's like, now you play, it's like, oh, now I need this additional content, but yep. I didn't yep. know at the time. Um. It's like you get to run around in the golden armor. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get the exclusive hell horse mount that you can't get other otherwise. Is it made of flames? It's flames shoot out its nostrils every single time you try to put it into a gallop. Bullshit, I'm sold. <laughs> Sorry, it. Here's Fire! 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 No, I, you know, I think... If it's kind of more like a bundle deal where I know the content's going to come out, and so if, if I were to pay for like the, the the deluxe edition or whatever, and so I I will already be locked in for the, I don't know, for this, the season one pass of DLC or something. So I, I will end up having a discount. I have to pay a premium at the, at the front, but I'll end up, you know, not having to shell out as much money to make sure that my game is as complete as 
it can be, then maybe I'd do that. If, that if I if I believe in the developer. No, that that I could buy. I think I've actually done that for Destiny 2, honestly, in the past. Yeah. Um, I think I did that at one time when I played it. Um, because it made sense. So I could see that. You know what else I think people would actually do a lot of it's never gonna happen because uh-huh. it take from the bottom line. Yeah. Is if like a certain percentage of your additional cost went to like a charity. And the reason I think of that is because back when fans loved Overwatch, is they did the Mercy um pink skin, mm-hmm. where all the proceeds from that skin went to uh cancer research. Yep. And like Ever, like even people who didn't play Mercy or at all are like, this is cool. I'm buying this skin. Yep. So something like that, and it gives a lot of great PR to the company. Let's be of honest. Course, of course. Um, so like, if there's a, you know, a publisher who did that because it would be an extremely unique way. I think in a way, I mean, I'm obviously not a bean counter. Right. So I'm talking out my ass, but at a certain point, like if we do it right, by giving a percentage of that to charity. You probably actually come out ahead in the end because so many additional people purchased that additional content who right. would not have otherwise. Right. I agree. Yep. I think that'd be pretty cool. And if like he became almost like a publisher who is known for doing that, mm-hmm. I think gamers would actually be like, "This game is this company is cool." Um, I tell you one thing that I I just I will never get behind, and that's the digital art books, like. I look, I've got so many free PDF files for <laughs> for like your know, random shit that I still have never even looked at, but they're on my hard drive. But yeah. It's like you here's here's the free PDF version of the book you just ordered. Great. I'm gonna read the book when it gets here. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I totally agree. I yeah. If if it's something as cool as like the the you know the art of this world i want i want the hardback you know i want the physical hardback copy so you i get you and I. huh is instead of like a physical hardback book because i know a lot of them do that is like here's a 16 by 20 poster Ooh, yeah or something like that yeah because I mean, you know, a book is just going to sit on my bookshelf and just kind of sit there and collect dust most in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. Versus it was actually like a cool piece of artwork because I know you have some pretty cool like video game artwork. Yeah. Something like that, I'd actually be much more liable to now be a literal advertisement for your game in my condo by hanging that. Yeah. No, no. Is yeah, how, yeah. So I think that would actually be pretty cool to have a neat piece of artwork. Um, and then all always gets to be is also the price difference yeah like if you get like an additional like the flaming stage for like you know five additional dollars i think most people be like sure i don't know it's gonna be cool but for five dollars why not yeah but it's like 20 30 dollars it's like oh that's i don't know about that it's the flaming steed pack it gives you the the horse the saddle the bridle you could change the the texture and color of its mane. Um, it has uh, a unique uh, sounds for the way that its hooves hit the ground, and it and how it neighs, and uh, and every once in a blue moon, it will fart rainbows. Ooh, 
$25. I honestly didn't realize that that's like the normal price of digital content. Now. Yeah. Um, because uh, Diablo 4, I was like, man, these prices are kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And then start looking at other games like Path of Exile, which granted it's different because Path of Exile is a free to play game. Right. So I think that gives you a very different slant. But you look at it and like, especially because their big thing are like the companions, like walk with you and shit. Yeah. They're all like 15, 20, 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. And people are always like, yep, Valorant and other games, like skins are just as much, if not more. Yep. So I didn't even realize that skins had become so freaking expensive. And we all know how Charlie feels about skins in a first-person shooter game. And it's always a little bit of like, okay, I could get the skin for $20, or I could play the entire freaking Witcher 3 for like $10 on sale. Yeah. So, like, even though I've honestly never played the Witcher 3, it's always in the back of my mind of just, ah, fuck. <laughs> Did I disconnect? No. Oh, okay. My Twitch froze. Um, it's always like in the back of my mind. Like, even if I really want the skin, I'm still like, it's hard to justify that $20 skin when it's like more than twice the price of an entire bloody video game. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Yes, I blame you, Geralt, for being such a great video game player and being such a great grunter. Uh, um, I have watched the first half of. The Witcher Three, or sorry, wow, The Witcher Season Three. I I still have not. Uh, I like I said, I, as I told Zelius before the show, I have been rewatching huge chunks of Doctor Who. I went all the way through all of the Matt Smith episodes. Now I'm in the final season of Capaldi's episodes. Um, so I definitely need to. I've got a bunch of shows I need to do to watch. And then of course there's a bunch of stuff that I need to do as well. Um, uh, I did post the, the flawed, uh, card game, uh, interview. Um, I just finished editing, uh, Aron's gift interview. I'm going to be working on, um, kittens versus corgis interview. Uh, so, I unfortunately, and and I apologize ahead of time for all the individuals that I have that are were interviewed at Momocon. Uh, I'm just going to post the interview since there so many, um, since it's been way too effing long. But um, yeah, just trying to get it out there. Just trying to get it out there right now. Oh, I hear that. Ah, it's because we're dropping frames. Oh, we did drop. We did disconnect for. Uh, like two minutes ago. Interesting. Okay, so that's when I started cursing because I thought like I disconnected, but no, no, we're, I, I'm, I'm assuming we're back because I see that we have viewers again. So, anyway, yeah. okay. Uh, so the final question that was asked, um, and I think this is just because of the well, actually, this the the answer to this question is it won't happen while everyone's on effort strike, um, but um. You know how Hollywood's always starving for, uh, you know, new source material and all that stuff. There was a question that many a person has asked, basically saying, what if instead of trying to make 
the 37th bajillionth sequel of some franchise or rebooting the franchise for the fifth or sixth time, what if we just took a look at movies that had incredible potential but then were absolute horseshit when they came to the big screen that were based on existing properties, like they were based on books or based on video games? Why can't we just give those a second try? So, Zelius, it, do, can you think of anything off the top of your head that you would think that should have been so good, but it was so bad? Let's give it a second chance. Um, yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, holy shit. My brain farted on it. Um, it's literally the game movie we were talking about five minutes ago that I absolutely hate. Monster Hunter? Yes. Like, there you go. There's a case in point. It'd be an absolutely terrible movie that... Okay, so like earlier I was talking about Dungeons & Dragons, and I think it's very hard to make a good Dungeons & Dragons movie. Yeah. Monster Hunter should not be that difficult. You literally throw some big, beefy people, one hot chick together in a... Which, I love Mila, don't get me wrong. Throw her together a big ring and just have her go fight lizards for two hours. Yep. People like, yeah, this is awesome. Yep. That's all we gotta do. It's not that difficult. Um, army aside, like they could have bought the army. Like that wasn't even the issue. It, it's just, it was terrible. Um, so that would be my first one. Like, yeah, go redo monster. But the problem I foresee is to the questions. Part of the question mm -hmm. is if you notice, most sequels are based off of popular entries, right? Hollywood doesn't want to take a chance. And it's like, oh, something wasn't popular. You don't want to remake something that wasn't popular because you have to stay to that and it wasn't popular. So why would the sequel or reboot be popular unless you're a superhero franchise? Because normally because of contractual reasons, you have to reboot it every X number of years to keep those copyright laws to continue to make it under your production studio. Right. No, I, I, I yes, I agree. I, that. You're not going to see a studio. I think it would really, I, I, I don't think that a studio would go at it again off of a bad movie they released. I think, and this would never, I don't It'd be tricky to make it work, but it would need to be a different studio. Um, so it's their first, it, uh, it, um, foray into, um, whatever the IP is. Um, I think it would have to be based off of a established intellectual property for another media meaning something like, for instance, monster hunter could be remade. Right. Years from now, because that's an established video game franchise. Right. Absolutely. Right. Or if monster hunter was made in a vacuum and the video game did not exist, like that would never be remade at that point. I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I'm trying to think there are some books that, that turned into movies. Now I never watched the, the movie mortal engines, but, um, I did not. I heard it was trash. Yes. The books are amazing. Uh, I'm still waiting for a good, um, Ooh, another good one would be, um, the dark tower. I heard that that movie was trash. Never saw it, but again, phenomenal book series, but, and I've said this many times in the show. Yeah. 
there's a lot of books where I don't need to see them made into TV series or movies. My perfect example is The Name of the Wind. I honestly don't want to see it made into a TV series because it's so perfect as a book. Mm -hmm. I, I, to me, it doesn't need to be in another medium. That's just kind of how I look at art. I, and I could see that. I mean, the thing is that, that there's definitely, I feel like if you have like a really well-crafted book that it's become more and more apparent to me in my old crotchety uh, elderly years that most of these books deserve, um, at bare minimum, a miniseries treatment instead of trying to shove that entire book into a movie because it just it never works unless, of course, you're you're going to allow for like uh, what was that? What was the movie back when we were little? Oh, was it Gettysburg, which literally had like an intermission in the middle of it because it was like six and a half hours long or something. I, mean, I think it worked for the Harry Potter movies pretty well. I mean, I know things were left out due to time constraints. Yeah. But on the whole, I think those actually worked out really well as far as staying close enough and true to the books. Close enough to the books. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's differences. We all acknowledge that. But I think to me that's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That, you know, is a phenomenal take on the series, mainly because Peter Jackson was phenomenal as a director for the three. And Has he done anything since? <laughs> or did Peter Jackson <laughs> retire or die? Or... Oh, no, I made my uh, masterpiece. I'm good. I made my uh, magnum opus. Therefore, screw all of y'all. I'm going to go just live in my castle made of money. Probably could have. Um, although the, the way Hollywood accounting works, who knows if you could actually afford a bungalow. True. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look up to see if he's actually doing anything because, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, you know, like I'm trying to think if there's like a failed franchise that I would want or, or failed movie that's based off of another property that I don't know I mean I don't know I really I really don't know uh oh no shit hmm. he's he's the producer for I, I can never I'm never gonna be able to pronounce this but Temeraire, which is a, a book uh, by, oh man, uh, Novak, um, I think. Hold on. Tim. I know, dead air on at the end of a podcast. Uh, Naomi Novik. Oh, it's, oh, the Dragon series. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's yeah. he's gonna produce the first one. Oh yeah, I've read those years ago. She actually has another very interesting series that I just finished called uh, "A Deadly Education," which is basically take Harry Potter, uh -huh. put it in the dark forest. Oh, by the way, there's no teachers. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. Oh, there's another um, Naomi 
uh, Novik book that I read. It's just a one, uh, one uh, a standalone. If I can't remember it is what it is off the top of my head now. Yeah, that one of the Tenemir, I think, is what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I read that. It's I read that years ago. Well, it first came out two thousand six. Yeah, it's like it's at least ten years. Um, I think I only read like the first three, and I'm pretty sure there's more books in the series than that. Uprooted was the book I read. The problem I like, I've read a fair number of her books. My only issue I have is she tends to ramble. What good uh, sci-fi fantasy writer doesn't though? There's definitely some massive rambling at times. And I, I sort of like, oh my gosh, we just move on to the next thing in life already. But yes, you are right. She is far, far from alone. Yeah. And the massive rambling, because you must extrapolate upon the meaning of this tree. And why is this a tree? And this bark and it has the color of this bark. And put this piece of bark that's two centimeters below it has a different scent. And here's why. So, yes. But, but not quite the Terry Brooks level. I sit at the table oh, in, in the castle, the castle made of stone, the stone coming from the quarry, the quarry that is now closed because 19,000 years ago there was a dragon attack and that dragon happened to be red and it smelled like cinnamon. And you're just like, oh my God, this is, we're just talking about fucking table. See, you too to be a old school <laughs> fantasy author. Who Damn straight. I can go off on tangents. Let me show you this one object that has no relevance whatsoever for the story, but we're going to take a chapter just to tell you how it smells. Damn it, you're not um, Tolkien. Stop it. <clears throat> and it turns out, after oh, no. my 10 book series, that that one object that I made mention of, the smell of that object, was actually... What was needed to defeat the final evil? So it's actually, it's a fantasy series. It's called like the Great Book of Malzahn. Uh-huh. And apparently it's like a 12 book series. It's something crazy. Uh-huh. And supposedly the books are like phenomenal. The problem, at least for me, uh-huh. the problem that I, when I write about it, because it always comes up on my list, is like each book is basically like this whole start of like six new like countries. And they all have their own characters. So like every single book, you're having to like reorganize your own mental thought. Like, who are all these people in these books? I don't remember. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. And I just like I don't think I could do that. Yeah. Apparently, they're great. Who's like, the author? Me, it's like if you look up Mal's, it's like M A L A Z A M, I think, or something like that. It's the name of the book. Hold on, spell it one more time. M A. Um, I'm trying to look it up if I can remember it. There you go. It's Malazan, the Book of the Fallen series is what it's okay. called. Got it. It is by Stephen Erickson. Yeah. Apparently, like, they're phenomenal in their own right, but when you read, like, the details and descriptions, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty intense is what I've read. Gotcha. I'm just like, eh, I'm not that smart. I got you. I got you. Don't have it. You don't have enough space like you used to to uh, map out everything. Yeah, I, I have, from reading the description, it sounds like you almost need to like have like a journal of who everyone is to keep track of. 
No, you need you need a push pin board the the length of your uh of your back wall. Yes, with now a bunch talking. of red yarn that you could, you know, pull together all these things. Am I reading a book or am I trying to solve a murder? Both. Ooh. Because it turns out that one scullery made from book two is actually the queen in disguise at the end of the book. Yeah, that was, it was another series I was reading. I'm actually almost finished with it. And like, there's this character. And there's a mysterious character. And the entire time, like, it didn't take long to figure out who this character is. So I'm like, this is obviously this person's parent. Like, duh. And like for like three books, there's this great mystery of who this character was. I'm like, it's their mom. It's their mom. Damn it, it's their mom. Just get it over with already. It's pretty fucking How, obvious. Okay, I know we're basically out of time, but I do want to ask this question because I I know that I've done this. But Zelius, have you ever gotten to? I, I'm. I think you just revealed that you have. But have you ever actually yelled back at your book? <laughs> like, yes. No, this book, I've 100% done that. A couple... Okay, so the book series, oh, what the hell is the book series called? <laughs> it's it's that, I mean, this is another topic, but you know, like you start reading a series uh -huh. and at a certain point, it's like, damn it, I'm this far in, so I'm going to just finish it. Yep. Um, there we go. It's this series, it's called Ember and the Ashes. Ember and um, the Ashes, okay. Yeah, it's a young adult fiction book, which I'm perfectly fine reading young adult fiction books. I yep. do it all the time. Yep. The problem with this series on a whole, all the characters are just like, they continually make stupid, dumb decisions in their first person perspectives. And they're like, I'm going to make this decision. And I'm like, no, this is dumb. Why would you do this? In the very next line, the character's like, I know this probably won't work. But by golly, I'm going to try it anyways. I'm going to overcome the odds. I'm like, no, no, you're not. You're going to fail and wonder why you failed. The next chapter is, oh, I failed again. And after a while, I'm like, and my problem is like, I get it. And I think I got as far as I did because, like, it's a normal thing, particularly in our fantasy books, where, like, you know, you get beaten by the evil king overlord yeah. and you get exiled. You must overcome the odds. So yeah. I totally get it. Like, it's a very normal trope, no problem. Yeah. But after a while, it's like there's the payoff for being cast down. And when you just continually, time and time again, and then, like, when this other dumb character in the book ends up being the savior because they're truly the, the strongest person alive. I'm like, no, have you actually read your own character? They're a stupid idiotic person who I wouldn't want to save a fly. There's, I can't, I don't know There's what the, the other thing where like the truly strongest person is the person who's strong of heart. I'm like, no, they're not. They're weakling and we could squash by like any other warrior in this entire damn series. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, <clears throat> perhaps we have a um, a show that uh, in our future just to talk about sci-fi fantasy novels because I think we <laughs> could go on for quite a while with that. Um, yes. But, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving everything on our heads, our mouths, and, of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday night Hangout. And remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.